The Andy Griffin Show, the number one talk show in St. George, starring Andy Griffin. Nine minutes after 9 a.m. Good morning to you. It's uh, time for the Andy Griffin Show, and uh, it's time for Mayor Thursday. John Pike in studio with me. How are you, John? I'm doing great. It's a gorgeous day already. It is beautiful. Of course, uh, John is the mayor of St. George City. Has been now for, what did we decide, six, seven years? Yeah, this is my seventh year. Seven, yeah, seventh year. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I know there are, there are haters out there. Any any kind, anytime you have a job, you can have a job that's not high profile and have haters. But uh, yeah, anytime you have a high profile, I know there are people out there that can't stand me. And you know, oh, yeah. uh, it goes with me. Yeah, yeah, it, it happens. And but, we, we get called names, but that's okay. That's part of the job, at least in my case. Yeah, no, no, I, I completely understand. In fact, uh, last week I actually got a, a really good positive email, someone complimenting mm. the show and the, and the guests I have on and the interviews and, and stuff and. It, it was, it's a rare thing. So I was like, it wow. Is. And it is kind of cool, isn't it? You know, yeah. I mean, you you got to admit, I think we as humans, we um, we might minimize this, but it's nice to have kind of a positive mm-hmm. affirmation, as they call it. You know, it just, and you know, it's not that you need it all the time, but I, there are people out there that I'm really impressed with who, who take the time to, you know, write a little note or an email, send you right. an email. It is, it is, you know, it's really cool. It's appreciated. And I, that's something I need to do better at because there's so many good people. That's true. That's you know? true. I, I will say this though. Someone told me a long time ago in the radio business, don't get too down when people are down on you. Yeah. Don't get too up when people are up on That's you. That's so true. If the pendulum swings, it and does. just just be ready for it. Yep. So We will be having in a few minutes, hopefully shortly, uh, Senator Mike Lee on the program. Mike is uh, going to talk a little bit about a local restaurant here that uh, uh, local guy makes good. I guess is yeah. kind of thing. Such a good story. Uh, and, and we'll have uh, we'll have uh, Senator Lee tell the story a little bit from his perspective. Uh, if we can get him on, he's supposed to call any time now. So we're just keeping an eye on the phone lines and see if we can get him on here. He has a short amount of time. I know it's Mayor Thursday. I talked with the talk with you yesterday, oh, John. Yeah. I'm like, you okay if we have Mike Lee on for a couple of minutes? And you're like, oh yeah, of course, let's do it. Yeah. So anytime uh, you can get Senator Lee on the phone, boy, he's he's an amazing guy. He has one sharp uh, oh, scalpel. He is he is, <laughs> he is smart. And uh, and I think does a great job for us. His second term as a U.S. senator. And, and uh, you know, I, I think that he does a lot of the little things, too, you know, mm-hmm. and, and that's one of the things I really like about him. Is you don't see him in the uh, headlines complaining about stuff like, mm-hmm. uh, say, one of our other senators here in the state of Utah. I'm not going to mention any Romney names, but uh, <laughs> but he does a really good job of uh, just being positive and, and doing the little things and, you know, dotting the I's and crossing the T's. So uh, we'll yeah. hear from uh, Likely here in just a minute. Uh we do have, uh, of course, Mayor Pike here. We'll take your phone calls throughout the program today. Uh, we're, I'm kind of stalling a little bit to see if we can get to Senator Lee on the phone line. But, uh, Mayor, a lot has been made uh, this morning and, and yesterday afternoon about, uh, well, St. George and Washington County having a few more cases of COVID-19 than uh, we were actually thinking we would have. Uh, well, at least some people were thinking we would have. Mm-hmm. And uh, we, we even had some, I'm not going to call them threats, but some uh, w- words of warning from uh, the folks up at the Wasatch Front saying, well, you know, we can't move uh, if we have problems like they're having in St. George. Yeah, it's true. I mean, in the last couple of days, um, uh, we, we had, I think on 
Let's see. Well, yesterday we had 13 new cases in the five-county area in Washington County. I think it was only four new, but we had one up in Iron County, three in Kane County, three in Garfield County. That's a little unusual uh, to have those, but that was... um, that was yesterday. The day before that, we had 19 new cases. Uh, 16 of those were in Washington County. So, you know, and, and I think we had a fairly high number the day before. But there are a couple things going on here um, that they're not telling you. First of all, Dr. Blodgett told me, he's our Southwest Utah Public Health Director. Of course, you know that. He's on mm-hmm. your show regularly. But he told us uh, as mayors on Tuesday morning that they've had um, what they what they're, they're now, I believe, proven. They have some, they've had some po- false positives in Uh-oh. terms of some of the testing. Well, that'll screw everything yeah. up, won't it? Yeah, and so oh, I'm not okay. sure if any of these are, are on that, but have we got a call from we, Senator We Lee? do have Senator Lee on the line, I believe. Senator, are you there? Hello. Almost. Hold on. Okay. okay. He's, he's almost that was, there. That was his staff. Okay, yeah. that was probably Julian, right? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we're, uh, we're ready to go with, with Senator Mike Lee. And, again, he, he's just got a, a limited amount of time, and he wants to talk about a couple of things in particular. And, uh, and so we'll get him going. Hello. Yeah, Senator Lee, how are you? Doing great, thank you. Andy Griffin here along with, I've got Mayor John Pike in the studio with me right now. We appreciate Oh, wonderful. It. How appreciate are you, you Senator? Me. Doing great, thank you very much. Hey, you know, Andy, Senator Lee loves uh, Washington County. Did you know that? He loves it here. I do, and, I, and he loves Mexican food, too. He does. So, pretty good combination. Senator Lee, I know you don't have a lot of time, but can you tell us a little story about how this whole uh, Angelica's thing came to be today? Yeah. Uh, during a recent visit to St. George, I stopped in and got some tacos at Angelica and talked to Angelica and Jack for a while and a lot of other people who were in there. This was right before our entire world changed. Yeah. And, and uh, this was one of the last times I uh, can recall going into a crowded restaurant uh, just before everything changed. I loved the Mexican food there, loved the tacos, loved everything. Uh, that I tried on the menu, which was uh, which was a lot. I might have gained a few pounds that day. <laughs> so I, I decided that, um, uh, given that every Republican senator takes one day each year to host uh, uh, colleagues uh, with food from his or her state, that I'd serve Angelica's tacos at today's Senate Republican lunch. That is uh, so cool. And, uh, I think it's uh, it's going to be a lot of a lot of fun. I talked with uh, Jack yesterday, and he was running around like a chicken with his head cut, cut off, trying to make sure you guys had all the recipes and the, the uh, uh, ingredients, uh, spices, and I guess some kind of secret sauce. Now, I don't know if this is Senate-level secret, but I guess there's some secret sauce involved, Mike. Yeah, there's secret sauce, and, you know, <laughs> it, it would be um, uh, really a monumental thing to serve this in our nation's capital, and so that's what we're doing. Um, can't give out the secret. I don't even have the secret. Like, <laughs> no, it's a need-to-know basis. Yeah, the, 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 rumor has it that there are only a handful of people who have pieces of it, and then they combine it together with blindfolds on. Mm, yeah, with, with a, awesome. in a briefcase with the handcuffs on it and all that stuff, like, like yes. in the movies. Launch codes. The CIA's got nothing on them. <laughs> Well, man, I, I I think this is a really cool thing and a feather in the cap for not only for Angelica's but but for St. George. I would I would surmise there are, you know, of, of all the senators, there's a probably a, a high percentage that don't even know where or what St. George, Utah is. Yeah, they're starting to though because I talk about it a lot and I've talked a lot about the fact that it's been America's fastest growing community and the fact that. Um, 
it has all of the attributes uh, that we love about Utah towns. It's got a hometown feel, and yet you've got access to everything you could possibly need. You've got great, uh, great hospital there, recreation, uh, shopping, anything you could want, and um, all in a, in a beautiful place. And Angelica is, is um, uh, something I'm happy to feature also because uh, Angelica herself has such an inspirational story. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was an honor to meet her earlier this year. And She just got a U.S. Look, citizenship? Yeah, that's right. She's taken the oath. She's a full citizen, and, and uh, I'm so happy for her. By the way, we're also going to be serving Don Julio local tortilla chips, Salsa Queen Salsa, oh. and Crumble Cookies. These are all oh. our wonderful Utah businesses. That's right. By the way, a few years ago, one of my colleagues from Tennessee was doing a Tennessee lunch. And he announced, uh, he, he said, I'm going to be giving all of you a, a, a bottle of Jack Daniels. And they paused for a minute, and he said, except for Mike Lee. For, for Mike Lee, we're going to send around a bottle of non-alcoholic Jack Daniels. And um, Wait, is there such Later, a he sent over a bottle. My secretary walked in with a confused look on her face, holding a bottle of Jack Daniels whiskey with a Dasani water label on it. She said, what on earth is this? It's water, huh? <laughs> Well, no, it's, it's, it's whiskey with a water oh, label gotcha. on it. So, uh, I'll have you know that tamper-resistant seal is still intact. I, <laughs> I, I don't drink, so yeah, good, good the, the world would be a bad place if that ever started. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I wonder, I, I used the Jack Daniels barbecue sauce. Do you think that's okay? I think it's okay. Oh, yeah, that's totally okay. Yeah. That's flavoring. Yeah. Flavoring, big distinction. Yep, yep. <laughs> Okay, Mike. Well, uh, so uh, Senate coming back amid the COVID-19. I know there was a lot of talk, Mike, about, you know, not wanting the Senate back. And I know the, the Congress has had or the, uh, the House has had issues with this because of, you know, social distancing and all that. Has that been a concern for you? Or is that something that's talked about out there? It is talked about a lot. You know, we all wear masks up here. We socially distance while wearing masks. A number of members all also wear gloves uh, when we conduct our votes. Uh, we do so in a staggered formation, uh, holding the vote open longer so that members can go in and out basically one at a time. Wow. Uh, we have diminished floor staff. Even our, our lunches, our group member lunches, are held in the largest hearing rooms we have so that we can set up these huge tables with only three senators per table so that we can sit about eight feet apart. So it's changed a lot of things, but we've been able to do it safely. And... Uh, and so far, we haven't had a, a single COVID diagnosis since Rand Paul a couple months ago. That's so good. Yeah. Well, uh, I, I'm not sure how much time you have, Mike. We, we'd love to have you on as long as you can stay, but uh, you tell me when you need to go. Thank you, Elise. Thank you so much. Thank we just got a delivery from Afogato West. Uh, Elise had promised me a smoothie, and she delivered it live. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> tell me what kind of smoothie you're drinking. I, you know, I don't know yet. Wait, it, it's what does it say on there, uh, Mayor? Just says thank you. Yeah, it says thank you. Uh, it doesn't say Andy, but no, no, that's okay. I thought it said Andy, but it does. It says Doug. Doug. See, for whatever reason, yeah. she got that in her head that my name was Doug. Okay. But we're, we're here with Senator John Lee and Mayor uh, uh, Mike Pike. <laughs> yeah, there you go. As long, yeah, as, like that. as long as we're getting the names wrong, we might as well get them all wrong, right? Yeah. Well, you, you know, Mike, uh, Senator Lee had a slogan. It was, I like Mike. Mm. And I, I kind of, you know, used the same. I, I like. Did you thing. steal it? I, well, I stole it from Ike Eisenhower. Did you too, Senator? Um, 
Well, yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm claiming that. So was I like Pike and I like Mike. Anyway, I do like Mike Lee, and I'm, I I think he does a fantastic job in the Senate. In fact, uh, the last time I moved went anywhere outside of um, Washington County was um, about March 10th, and I was in D.C., and we met with Senator Lee. He always, uh, always sets apart time to meet with us local officials when we go back there for the League of Cities, hmm. uh, National League of Cities. And, and that was right when this whole COVID mess was starting, wasn't it, Senator? It was. It was. And, you know, I have to say to the people of St. George, you're so lucky to have such a good mayor in John oh. Pike. He's uh, somebody who loves his community deeply and loves to establish good policy and is a nice, likable person, which makes him even more effective. Uh, so it was good to have you back there, John. And, and it doesn't seem like that long ago because um, uh, even though so much of the way we live our day-to-day lives has changed ever, uh, since we had that meeting on March 10th. Yep. That's right. It, it's um, it has, and thank you, Senator. Um, appreciate those kind comments. But you know, it's uh, we were talking before you came on. Uh, you are consistent. That's one. You're you're brilliant. You're consistent, and I just I love the fact we can always we always know where you're going to stand. You know, and you're going to stand with the Constitution and with freedom, and and um, and you're just a leader in that way, and so many others. So thank you for your service to to our state and to our country. Thank you. No, no. I, I know you probably got have to go. And like I said, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep you as long as I can, uh, Senator, <laughs> if that's okay. But uh, you know, the, uh, first of all, uh, Katie, actually, were a big supporter of President Trump and his policies and his efforts. Uh, he's a little rough around the edges. And as we get closer to election time, Mike, do you see the rough around the edges part winning out over the effectiveness of what he's been able to do? Part. Uh, that, that's the thing that scares those of us that support the president. Yeah, sure. First of all, I had not heard that he was rough around the edges. No one had ever told me that before. <laughs> no? So, no? You don't I, have a Twitter I, account then. <laughs> I, I'm going to ask a couple of my colleagues, see if they know. Maybe yeah. worth getting out. But look, um, as it's been said, if you pick up a stick, you pick up both ends of it. And I think his oh, yeah. uh, rough around the edges and his effectiveness are sort of two ends of the same stick. There's two sides of the same coin. One of the reasons why he got elected, one of the reasons why he's been able to do what he's been able to do is because he uh, he is who he is. He, he takes a no-holds-barred approach uh, to life and to the presidency. And um, it's w- one of the things that has given a lot of people a lot of confidence in him. Um, I, I was uh, not an early comer to the, late, to the Trump train, to put it mildly. Um, I, I, I was suspicious of what he would do in office. I have been pleasantly surprised. And while Mm -hmm. I don't agree with everything he does or everything he says, um, I've been pleased uh, with his leadership in the White House. He's made America uh, uh, stronger. He's made our system of government more accountable. And I appreciate that about him. And that's one of the reasons why I agreed to be a co-chair of his campaign in Utah. Yeah, and and uh, that that's I guess another thing that scares me. Our sensibilities here in Utah sometimes we get we're we're a little bit easily offended, and we're a little bit easily uh, uh, maybe our, our sensitivities are there where we hear something and we go, oh, he shouldn't have said that, and now I don't like him anymore. That happens mm-hmm. in Utah a lot. How do we combat that? Yeah, well, sometimes we have to remember that not everyone thinks or talks like us, hmm. uh, like like we do. And while there are times when people might say something that uh, might make us feel quite different than them, 
doesn't mean that they don't have value. It doesn't mean that they there aren't a lot of good things about them. Um, and, and I think you're right. I think you hit the nail on the head there. There, there are things about President Trump that uh, make clear that he, he probably didn't grow up in St. George. Right. You know, his, his, his accent, his choice of words, the, the way he expresses himself, uh, those things aren't entirely consistent with with someone who grew up uh, in and around Washington County or Utah County or Davis, Weber, or Salt Lake County. But but um, he is who he says he is. Mm-hmm. He is and has done exactly as he said he would do in office. And I have to respect that and admire that. There's something noble and honorable uh, and, and that builds confidence about someone who does exactly what he said he would do in office. Boy, that is that is well said. And, you know, and, and I, I say this with all due respect to the politician on the phone and the one in the room with me, but it is not very common that a politician tries to keep every promise that he's made. And it sure seems like to me, President Trump, uh, through all the roughness around the edges and the veneer, he's trying to keep all the promises that he made. And, and that that's a rarity. He is. And he has a lot. I've spent a lot of time with him over the last three years and really gotten to know him. And I can't I mean, I've lost track of the number of times I've been with him, sometimes in the Oval Office or elsewhere in the White House, sometimes in the Capitol, sometimes on Air Force One. When I hear him thinking out loud and talking with his staff about his next step to take and uh, he's very careful to to, to remember Okay, I, I, I said this and this a number of times on the campaign trail. I said that on the campaign trail. I promised the American people I would do that. I am going to stick with that because it's what I promised and that's what they expect of me. Yeah. It is pretty refreshing. And that, I remember saying that, and, and I was, like Senator Lee, I was a little slow to come onto the Trump train. And sometimes, you know, again, I, I don't always disagree, or I don't always agree with the way he says things, but... Uh, early on, I, I was saying on the radio and, and other places, uh, what's the big surprise, folks? He has done and said exactly what he said he would. And it, he is he is authentic. He is that. And he is, you know, some of the things he's done, it's been greatly needed, uh, many of those things. So I, you know, I support him and I voted for him in the primary this year, the presidential primary, and I'll be voting for him again in November. Well, there's, there's a saying in Utah and among uh, members of the church especially that says, by their fruits ye shall know them. And I feel like, even like I said, every, everything that President Trump has done, the fruits are that he's, do, he's, he's putting the effort on to keep his promises and make America better. And isn't that exactly what we need, right? Yeah, no, it, it absolutely is. And, 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 you know, there's an additional layer when you get to know the human side of him. He really does have a big heart. I was on the phone with him just um, just a couple of weeks ago. We lost my mother-in-law a couple of weeks ago after she had had a long, mm. courageous battle with Alzheimer's disease. He called me on a on an unrelated issue um, the day before she passed, and we were talking about other issues. And he asked me, "How's your family doing?" And I told him what we were dealing with with uh, with my wife's mother. And he said, "Where's Sharon? Get get her on the phone if she's there. I'd like to talk to her." So walked the, the, the phone across the room to her. She had no idea who she was talking to, and she picked it up a little confused. Mm. And he just he told her the nicest things. I could over, overhear him through the phone, just saying, I'm so sorry you're having to deal with this. Uh, Alzheimer's is, is such a hard condition. I'm sure this is hard on you. 
he feels genuine compassion for, for people. And I've seen that time and time again, whether he's dealing with a constituent, a member of his staff is going through something, or the family of a fallen soldier, sailor, airman, or Marine. Uh, this is a man who feels uh, very deeply and, and wants very badly for people around him to be happy. Well, well said, Mike. Thank you. Hey, can you run us through real quickly what this lunch is going to be like with Angelica's today? Yeah, so um, we'll, uh, we'll we'll gather all the Republican senators into one room. It's, I believe, going to be in room 216 at the Hart Senate office building. Mm-hmm. Normally, this would be in the Capitol, but we're socially distancing, so we have to use mm-hmm. these big hearing rooms. And uh, we'll gather everybody together. We have an opening prayer. Uh, I'm going to have Mitt Romney say the opening prayer today. And... Uh, then we're going to serve tacos. We're going to talk a little bit about Utah. Then we'll go around the room in order of people arriving at lunch, and they can talk about any issue they want, whether it's Utah or their home state or any policy issue that's coming up. It's always a good opportunity for us to interact and to share things about our home state. Well, I, a word of advice, Senator Lee, is uh, make sure you get the limes. There's got to be, to me, Angelica is 99% perfect. And then you put the lime on, and it's 100% perfect. So uh, make sure you get the limes and the green salsa. I'm on it. Thank you. That's, that's <laughs> an important safety tip. Thank never you, fight a land war in Asia and never have Angelicos without, <laughs> without oh, the limes. Are you quoting Princess Bride? I'm impressed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's inconceivable. Uh, <laughs> all right. Thank you, Mike. Great to talk hey. to you today. Good luck with your luncheon, and we really, really appreciate your time. Hey, thanks so much. Thank you, you Senator. Care. All right. Thanks. See you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Mike Lee, uh, I can't believe he quoted Princess Bride to us. Just hey, now. how cool is that? He doesn't forget stuff, you know. <laughs> I think he could quote just about anything. You're right. That's <laughs> that's the thing about him. His uh, his brain is incredible. So, all right, we got to get a break in a commercial break and uh, check out the weather, and then we'll be back with Mayor Pike. We'll take your phone calls. I apologize we didn't take calls while Senator Lee was on. We only had like t- 15 minutes with him, and I wanted to get as much uh, information out of him as I could. I know we talked a lot about President Trump, but he's a big supporter. I've heard him on Sean Hannity's show talking about his support for our uh, our good president. can't help it. I'm a little bit selfish. I got Mayor uh, Senator Mike Lee on, and I, I didn't let, take any phone calls or anything. I just wanted to talk to him. Uh, there were two of hey, us here. We peppered him with a few that, questions. That's right. And how often do you get a U.S. Senator on the show? I know you get them, but not too often. Not as often yeah. as I'd like. Yeah. I'd, you know, I'd have them on every week if I could. Yep. But uh, And then we could get a little more nitty-gritty, because today was kind of a little bit of a PR call. Right. We didn't yeah. ask him any hard questions. No, softballs today. So, uh, But if you want to ask hard questions to Mayor John Pike, now is the time. 673-5890 is the phone number. 673-5890. This is the uh, Mayor Thursday show. And before we get to the phone lines, I, I did want to mention someone called and asked uh, during the break, asked if we would talk about the water park in Middleton. What's going on with that? Uh, and I can tell you, since I drive by it every single day, that nothing's going on currently. Is that the, is it going to stay that way, Mayor, as far as you're aware? <laughs> well, you know, we keep hearing things. But, of course, the COVID stuff has, uh, you know, slowed a lot of things down. But um, but we, uh, before the, the COVID uh, mess, we, we heard from them that they had just secured some I guess I just call it some new financing. You know, when you're when you're investing in something like that, uh, you're you know you're often you you've got investors coming in that are helping to fund it, and and so I don't know about the specifics, but I think they've had some changes in some of that, and so so they said, hey, we're gonna 
start going to town here soon and then COVID hit and you know i haven't seen anything really happening i i drive by it fairly frequently just to check the the thing i'm probably most concerned about is that they soon i hope get the the road finished you know because they had to expand right. it's a little bit of a mess right yeah now. i don't yeah. i don't like it and and so you know we're trying to cut them some slack as they you know as they weather this storm if you will but um but I hope we'll see that road uh, that's Red Hills or uh, yeah Red Hills Parkway um, get widened there in front of where the park will be. And then, frankly, it's up to them. You know, I mean, this is a private enterprise, private investment uh, group, and and I hope. But uh, you know, the one thing uh, I figure. Um, here we are. We're 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 not technically in summer, but hey, it's summer. Um, The fact that they're not, obviously, they're not going to be open this summer because they've got nothing built yet. No chance. And that was their hope, was to be open this summer. So my guess is the pressure is off uh, because they're not going to try to get it finished by, let's say, December. That then they'd be sitting idle, you know, for right. for the winter. So my guess is uh, uh, we will see, you know, we'll see it happen. It's just I think it's all uh, dependent on their financing and and market conditions and seasonality because they're gonna they're gonna open if 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 I remember right they were they were always hoping to open in May, and so it's not going to be this May. <laughs> no, so, that would be today. So if I'm guessing, yeah. it's it's probably a year away. But but you know. I'll believe it when it's open, and I've already committed to them. I, I want to be among the first to, to go down the slide. Nice. So it may not be pretty, but I'll be there. <laughs> <laughs> now, I, I want to ask you, a few years back, uh, and this was, I think, right before the, 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 the Great Recession, as we're uh-huh. calling it, uh, Washington City had some major investors uh, invest in their downtown. They were building buildings, and, and, and they got them all about half done when everything when, yeah. when it hit the fan, so to speak. And uh, and then that was an eyesore, and it sat there right. for years. Right on Telegraph. Uh, right there in the middle of town mm-hmm. in, in Washington City. Eventually, the city, I think, stepped in and tore it down. So this is, you know, mm-hmm. they're obviously not going to finish it. Mm-hmm. So as a city, when someone comes to you and has a big project, a, a, an expensive project like a water park or like that big office building that never actually ended up happening in Washington City. Do they give you any kind of guarantee? Is there any, you know, as a mayor, you're like, okay, yeah, we want you here. And they say, here we go. Here's what we're doing. At that point, are you just kind of stuck saying, well, I hope they actually follow through? Yeah, sometimes you can end up being stuck. You know, Mm -hmm. you really, sometimes you really can. But there there are certain things like sometimes what we'll do, like if there's a development um, that there are certain elements of that project that we really want to see happen. And, And we will sometimes require them to bond for that hmm. in other words like let's say they're doing a um uh, a, an apartment complex you know and they they've got to put in some uh, amenities like a pool and we typically say, well, we want to see that pool go in the first phase because, hmm. you know, they're going to build apartments if there's multiple buildings, for example, or townhomes. They're going to build them in phases, you know, right. one or two at a time. So sometimes we will require a bond so that it's a performance bond is what it's called. If they don't perform, we can go in and say, okay, that bond is ours, and we use that money to whatever it might be, build the pool um, for that project, because the project isn't the same without that. In this case, it would be a performance bond for the road. 
you know, and we would, and if we don't have a performance bond, there are other things we can do. We can, for example, uh, put a lien on the property, mm-hmm. and that then enables us to at least be able to kind of protect the city and the citizens um, so that, you know, if, if, the, if the property is going to be sold or if we can even force some of that, then we can recoup and and in this case, say, finish a road. Now, that's that's rare that that happens, but it does happen, has happened. Hmm. Even since I've been mayor, there have been a couple things, a couple times where we've had to, um, you know, uh, go in and, and either use that as some leverage to say, hey, guys, you better do this, um, or um, you don't get your certificate of occupancy, or we're going to, you know, um, put a lien on the property to make sure it happens. And they don't want that. Right. Uh, so, you know, and we try, you know, of course, that's a last, last, um, last effort, last case, um, last option kind of situation. We don't want to do that, but it does happen sometimes. We, uh, I know those that either live in Middleton or drive Red Cliffs Parkway through that stretch every day are kind of like, well, it would be nice to see them, like you said, at least get a little bit done so that we're more of a finished uh, uh, situation with the road. Yeah. Because that's that right now, I think, is I know there are a lot of people, the frustration is, well, I want a water park and it's not here. Right. But a lot of the other frustration, especially daily drivers, are like, yeah, I drive by there every day. There's cones and the, the roads right. tore up and, and stuff like and that. And that's so. that's where my interest is, because, frankly, if there's a water park there, I'll be I'll be thrilled for the community. Mm-hmm. But it's it's not necessarily required, you know. And right. so um, but the road does need to be finished. And so we'll be we are watching that. I'll put it that way. We're watching that very carefully and uh, at some point you know we certainly have the capability of going in and completing that road for them uh and and back charging them in one way or another oh i like that that's uh, we might i hope we don't have to do that but uh, certainly an option I hope all right not either now uh phone lines are lit up we talk too much I, i'm sorry we're going to take your calls now and please be brief uh, give me a question or two a minute or two and we'll move on now let's go to the phone line seth you're first in line what's up gentlemen tasted a pupusa. I have, just a couple of weeks ago, yeah, at, from Tia's. And Corditos on the side is the uh, San Salvadoran um, um, national food, and it's sort of like a stuffed tortilla kind of mm-hmm. um, thing with cheese and meat yes, and chilies. Yes. Oh, and, stop it, Seth. Okay, you're making, it, hungry. It, making me uh, hungry. Pardon me. You're making me hungry. <laughs> yes, indeed, and and served hot. And I, I want to ask a mayor a question about that. And um, Ernesto's restaurant and his wife uh, Sylvia. Uh, they only do those on weekends, and suddenly, because of the demand, they're doing them nearly every day at certain hours that you can read online. Now, in the past, that restaurant has had multiple tables outside where you can sit down and have um, the wait staff bring your dinner hot and ready out to your table without any social distancing and all of the other kind of things, I just want to know why all the restaurants in town cannot occupy the sidewalks and shade trees and make use so so 
that, you know, I don't care how good you are, takeout food is not the same by the time you get it home. True. Why can't we have fresh, uh, warm, hot food on a table that's separated by pine trees or whatever in the shade and eat at dinner? Well, the answer is you can. It's up to that restaurant and uh, what they choose to do. I've seen several take advantage of that, and I think several more planning to. Uh, but, yeah, they, that's really up to them. If they have the space, they can do it. You can't block sidewalks, but, but you know, just look at Capaletti's, for example. We've allowed them to, to go out onto the sidewalk uh, quite a bit uh, on a permanent basis uh, just so that we can, you know, so the pedestrians can get by. Uh, there, there's some extra space there. But, but, yeah, there are all kinds of options available to people if they want to take them. All right, let's go to line two. Caller, you're on with Andy with Mayor Pike. How are you? Good morning, gentlemen. Morning. Uh, Good morning. Quick question, and I'll take the answer uh, offline. I'll listen to it on the radio. But are the vacation slash Airbnb uh, dwellings and buildings that have been built in the area taxed the same rate as the hotels are? And if not, why not? Thank you very much. Uh, they are supposed to be, and uh, a good good question. This is the transient room tax specifically, yeah. and so they are supposed to be, and, and the larger uh, short-term rental companies such as Airbnb uh, say that they withhold those, that they make sure that that's part of their contract, if you will, with those that, uh, that book through them. Uh, and so I think there are some that do that. There are others that don't. And so it's... Um, um, that that's against the law. They should be doing it. That's against state law. So they're just kind of letting it slide, yeah, and not declaring it or whatever. They're they're even. I will tell you this: they're even um, uh, businesses, softwares that help track that um, and do do so legally. And uh, so we have considered in the past uh, the one that we considered. It didn't. It wasn't refined enough. We didn't feel like it was going to work. But I'm I'm hearing there uh, there's a new one uh, that that we're looking at as is the county to see if maybe it's something that would help because there's really uh, lost revenue there for the city and the county and the citizens uh that, sure you know that makes sense because those folks are using our infrastructure right and so uh it's it's appropriate that they uh, that they pay uh, the, their fair share just like uh, someone going to a hotel room and I, you know, uh, Jeremy Larkin talked to him about short-term rentals. They're not doing well right now. No. If you if you buy a house to invest as a short-term rental, you you care. Hopefully, you like the house and you want to yeah. live there at least part of the time because they're not doing well right now. There, there's an oversupply. Yeah, oh, yeah. that's a good word for it. Yeah. Oversupply. All right, let's go back to the phones. Caller, you're, this is line four. You're on with Mayor Pike. How are you? I'm well, thanks. And how are you, folks? Great. Thank good. you for calling. Uh, so, question uh, out in the desert canyons area i've noticed that they're breaking ground for a new elementary school and my question is if there's enough uh, young families in that area for them to uh, have a elementary school why does the city not consider there are enough young families and you know, children and stuff to have a playable park in that area um well 
They do, and uh, actually there will be a park built in that area. Um, and I'm not sure in this case, I'd have to go back and check, uh, there are two options. One is the developer of the, uh, of the project can build the park and then turn it over to the city, or they can you know, turn over the land to us and uh, we can build the park. And it all depends on their development agreement. But, yeah, they, they are actually, um, they've already agreed uh, in writing by part of their development agreement to provide a park. So that will be coming. Uh, and probably my guess is, uh, I don't know the exact timing, but it, it'd probably be similar to when the elementary school was built. Okay. The reason why I asked was, you know, you were talking about the, the bonding and stuff like that, and I was like, well, maybe you need to do that for out there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, we actually, and we there are things we can do. There, there are other things we can do as well if a development uh, or a developer hasn't done what they've agreed to do. But, if, for example, Hidden Valley, that area, um, they, they built the Hidden Valley Park and then gave it to the city as part of their development agreement. And it's been good, although we've learned some things from them, uh, from that experience in terms of quality that we, we want to make sure that it's always at a certain quality. So sometimes we prefer to be the ones building it, and then we get exactly what what we uh, right. uh, require typically. So, But you will see one in that area. You will see a park. Now, it used to be, and I don't know if you're allowed anymore, it used to be the elementary schools had their playgrounds and parks and mm-hmm. stuff, and you were allowed to play on those when school wasn't in. Do they lock those up now? I noticed a couple of elementaries, you can't get into their, their playground area. Typically... Um, they 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 do sometimes lock them. I don't know that there's a hard fast uh, common rule, but they mm-hmm. do sometimes lock them. Like during COVID, they've had them locked. You know, um, I don't I don't know if they do now, but I know they've had some of them at least locked. Some are they they don't really have them lockable, but um, some are. Yeah, and, and so my, they they can. In my younger days, a true confession here, we used to they had uh, eight and a half or nine foot rims at the elementary school, and me and my buddies used to go and play slam dunk ball because we couldn't dunk it on a real basket yep. at the elementary school. And then they started they put a gate up and started locking it. We couldn't do that anymore. So yeah. maybe we were hanging on the rim too much. I don't know. Yeah, it happens. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's take one more call before we go to commercial break. Caller, you're on with Andy with Mayor Pike. How are you? Yes. Hi. Uh, you too. How are you doing, Mayor Pike? Doing great, thank you. How are you? Excellent, Excellent. thank you, thank you. Um, just a quick question about roundabouts with the future expansion of the city, etc., in our area. I, I just wondered what your. I, I really, I'm a. I like the roundabout and the roundabout ideas. We're seeing so many more traffic lights pop up, and I realize that it has a lot to do with the with the room and the construction intersections that have been there for years you, you can't go and just widen everything out but with the new construction and things going on in the future what, what your thoughts would be especially this isn't washington of course but out washington fields and whatnot i thought boy this would be a good spot for a roundabout that would have been a good spot for a roundabout and I just wondered what your thoughts were on that um, it really does kind of you. You've hit it. You're you've probably uh, um, one way or another. You you've educated yourself on this, but you're exactly right. There are some cases where uh, you 
Well, in all cases, you typically need a little bit more property than you do for a traditional intersection um, for a traffic signal, for example. So that's the big thing. Uh, the roundabouts typically cost a little bit more because that's of that. That's what I was going to say. It's probably more expensive, yeah. too, right? Yep, which is interesting, right? Because But there's just more infrastructure to it. Um, you're, you're, they're similar in cost uh, in, in other ways, but if you have to buy additional property, that can put you over the top. So the other thing is, at least the way we've done them here and we're you know when you when you really look at it compared to some european countries we're still a little bit new at roundabouts you know yeah. and when we do them here uh we don't have the great big ones with multi-lane sometimes we have as up to two lanes like in the bloomington one um, but we still have issues with them and so sometimes if you're trying hmm. to pump through uh more traffic and especially semis you know it doesn't tend to work as well for us that's true and, and i'm not going to say it couldn't work but it hasn't worked as well. So so we are, in fact, I think we're looking at doing one right now on, um, and I, I'm pretty sure we're going to do a roundabout and not a traffic uh, signal on the Snow Canyon. Um, and I can't remember what um, what the other coordinate is, but it's past, uh, just past, I believe, uh, the um, Dixie Drive uh, Snow Canyon uh, intersection that has a signal. And so we kind of didn't want to have two signals too close together, and we thought, hey, there, we think a roundabout works. Hmm. So I think that is our plan, and that should happen in the next year. So you'll still see some, but we're we're looking at both options pretty much every time and just trying to see which one we think meets the needs and 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 the traffic count and of course based on property available by the way i, I went to uh, philadelphia on as a missionary and uh, part of my mission was driving and uh in the state of New Jersey, there are some big time, huge roundabouts, like four or five, six yep. lanes, yep. and uh, the, you know it was it was a learning curve for sure for a young man from Utah. But the other thing about it is that boy, you get stuck in one of those inside lanes. You get like if you're on the far inside yeah. lane on a five lane roundabout, Might you're going to be there a while. That's yeah, right. Got to figure out how to get out. It's not an easy thing. That's right. <laughs> I've experienced those big ones too in in European cities and and uh, and uh, in South Africa where I went for a couple of years. So, yep, exactly. So anyway, I think you'll see more of them, but we we look at both options. I hate, I hate to say this, but I wonder if we wouldn't maybe need some kind of uh, public education about roundabouts if we do get more and bigger ones. I think so. I think it's... It would be a campaign. Yep. I think it's something... We've probably done it, but we probably need to keep doing it because there are always new drivers, right? Yeah. For sure. So. Yeah, I got a couple of newish ones in my household. So. I got one. <laughs> All right, we need to take a break. Uh, on with Mayor Pike today. Always a great show when John Pike is on it. We'll take your phone calls. We do have about uh, four or five minutes left. I've got to get a couple of commercials in there real quick. Uh, we think uh, John, Joe Shoney, he's a local loan consultant, and his specialty is customer service. In fact, you go online, he now has or 348 reviews with an average score of 4.91. Vanessa says, I have and always will enjoy working with Joe Shoney and his team. Thank you, Joe. Let's see, uh, Randy, Joe and his team work well together to get things done. It was easy to communicate with them, and they always got, got right back with me if I had any questions. Uh, this is Scott. It said it was good. It was a busy time, so it took a little longer than expected, but, expected, but in the end, they got it done. That's Joe Shoney, 435-590-6300. or email him, joe.shoney at nafinc.com. 
We had a lively discussion during the break about Roundabout. And, uh, we did. I don't, I don't think we decided anything. We did. Except, uh, some people love them. Some people hate them. And, That's right. Uh, I'm kind of in the uh, love them uh, category. I don't, I don't mind them at all. I like them a lot, too. I really do. And I think whenever we can do them, we probably should. But we also do need to be careful. Uh, we were talking about this pedestrians. Yeah, I didn't even think about yeah. that. Yeah, imagine trying to walk, you know, especially a big one. If you, you, know, yeah. you try to walk across one of those. You got to be careful because people have the belief they can just go through. Mm-hmm. But you, you can't. You got to watch for pedestrians, bikes, and, of course, cars. Yeah. And so you, you do, you've still got to be careful and make sure that you're, uh, you know, the, those that have a right of way, they still have the right of way. <laughs> and there's, you know, and there's definitely an issue with some people not being able to merge very well. It's, right. it's kind of a talent and some people just don't have it. And, and so they go and they stop and, you know, everybody right. behind them is like, it's a merge. You don't just stop. You, you know, <laughs> you and, can and, go if it's clear. Right. And, yeah. and that can be frustrating as well. But, uh, yeah, uh, generally speaking, I like them. So Me too. We have uh, only about a minute left. Caller, you're on with with Andy with Mayor Pike. Uh, you've got a minute. What's up? Uh, yesterday you had uh, Kevin from Greater Zion on talking about how tour- tourism has completely uh, fallen off the chart. I'd like to ask the mayor, uh, in the event this is a prolonged uh, um, event that we, we take uh, months, maybe even years, uh, what's the city prepared to do to adjust to the new reality? Good question. Well, um, I will say this, first of all, uh, a lot of our tourism that I think is going to be the slowest to come back is going to be um, foreign tourism. Right. Uh, Okay, I think that's where we're going to hurt the most. The second thing is um, conventions. Uh, I think those are going to be the slowest thing to come back, Uh, and especially ones that are from out of state, okay, because just people are more cautious and some of their states are different than ours in terms of even how they're handling it so uh those will be the things but uh that, that'll i think we will want to watch in terms of what we're going to do to adjust we're reducing our budgets we're reflecting the what we believe the new reality is at least for the next year and we're going you know and we can re- redo them again to the to the be tighter or to be a little looser so we are making those adjustments already have all right, Mayor. Well said. And, uh, yeah, that's part of the that's, r- ripple effect. That's right. Of everything. All right. Thank you. That's uh, John Pike, Mayor of St. George. We've run out of time. Thanks for coming in today, John. Thank you. Great to be here, Andy, as always.